Peeps, and welcome to episode 95 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. Hey, I'm Andy. Hey, I'm Zach. <laughs> and we are in our musical ranking of movies, and the first movie uh, this week is La La Land. But before we do that, guys, what the hell have you been watching and playing? I watched two movies. And they are? <laughs> um... <coughs> The Criterion Channel, one of their uh, one of their curated collections this month, is Sydney Poitier, and I always have the hardest time saying his last name. I know he said it wrong, <laughs> but um, I don't I don't know him that well. Like I've never seen him in the heat of the night. I've never seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I've never seen To Serve with Love. I've never seen any of that stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna go and watch one of these. So I watched In the Heat of the Night, which is uh, he's um, they they. He's in the South, and they haul him in on some stupid, they think maybe he murdered this guy, and then he's like, I'm a police officer, you idiots. And uh, so they, it ends up, he's like a homicide detective in, I think he said Pittsburgh, and he helps these uh, small town Southern uh, cops kind of solve this murder. But like everyone in this town ranges from like mildly bigoted to straight up fucking racist. So that's like the extra tension to it. Man, the movie is so excellent. It is extremely good. I enjoyed it a lot. It's it got a lot of a lot of tension. The acting is outstanding. The story is really interesting. And then I was like, oh man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding this wave. I'm gonna watch another Sidney Poitier movie. And then I watched Buck and the Preacher, which is a western that he also directed. And man, it is so boring. <laughs> it was it was a huge letdown. I should have just watched Guess Who's Coming to Dinner or like a classic or something. But I I saw it was a western. So I thought I'd watch that, and it's um, it, it, after the Civil War, um, black uh, field hands and stuff are like going out west because they bought land. They're trying to get to Colorado, and he's like um, a wayfinder, and he's helping them. And uh, Cameron Mitchell's the bad guy, and you think, oh, Cameron Mitchell, badass! It's gonna be a great movie. Man, it's just so boring. It's so I mean, some of the acting is pretty decent, but. The plot is a snore fest and it kind of like it, it doesn't really make up its mind about what's going to happen a couple times i don't know it, it was a huge disappointment in the heat of the night it's like man nine out of ten if not ten out of ten buck and the preacher bored the start out of me so don't watch that one so i gotta ask this question because i'm looking through imdb i know it's the 1967 version that you were talking about is the tv show anything related to the somewhat of the movie I don't know. I, uh, I actually, I was Googling it because I had a question about someone in the cast and the TV show came up first mm. and I was like, what the fuck? This is all the wrong people. But I didn't look close enough to know if they have anything to do with each other. It's funny because the guy who plays Archie Bunker and all, all in the family is in the TV show. So I remember my dad used to watch that show as well. Ah, oh, Zach, what about you? I uh, watched, let's see, watched some wrestling, watched Sonic the Hedgehog. I liked it. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else did I watch? I think that was about it, honestly. And uh, <clears throat> played, uh, for the most part, some N64 stuff this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying out uh, this this new controller I bought, and I was just playing like Goldeneye and uh, well, Shadows of the Empire and Star Wars Pod Racer, and uh, what else did I play? Pod racing. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, oh shit, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Oh, it was No Mercy. Oh <coughs> fuck yeah! By the way, uh, little news topic. Uh, did you hear AEW is going to announce their video game soon? Uh, yes. <clears throat> Hopefully there's a lot more to go off of than that really weird trailer that came out like a, few year, like a year ago or something. So are they all going to suck or what? No. With the game? Apparently. Yeah. Uh, Who's making it? We don't know. I, I think it might be some of the people from Ukes or whatever that disbanded from 2K. Hmm. So I... I thought I heard Take Two Interactive was making it, like Rockstar Games was. Oh, I've heard a lot of rumors, but the, what Take I've, Take Two would be a publisher, wouldn't they? 
Uh, yeah, I guess, but I guess Rockstar's under them, right? Yeah. I heard, it was Rock, I, I heard it was Rockstar originally. That would be interesting. Well, it's weird, but yeah. <laughs> well, the way uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Kenny Olivia, I mean, Omega. Uh, <laughs> you almost called him Olivier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they want to make the game kind of like No Mercy, which. Yeah, they should. That was like one of the best wrestling games ever. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's the route that they're going. But I want to yeah. I want to backtrack a little bit because Andy said that he played a little Dead Stranding. I want to know how he thinks of it so far. I mean, I've talked about it a lot. It's um, I I like it. I, I'm still scratching the itch about like building roads and um, zip lines and stuff. I was just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Remember controls. I went and harassed a bunch of mules and stuff like that. Gotcha. I, I whenever we talk about this game, I actually have a theory of the world and why it is but I'll, I'll save that for another time uh me on the other hand what have i been doing nothing um i guess i could say that that's not true we played resident evil 5 yes it's also something else i played yeah we played resident evil 5 we did a what did we do like a quarter of the game and boy did i suck i'm a bad teammate fucking zach was saving me all the t- all the time he was chris and i was shiva so you mean Sheva? Sheva, Shiva, tomato, tomato. Potato, Shiva tomato. is the uh, the ice bitch from Final Fantasy when you summon her. <laughs> uh, I actually, kind of quick, a little tiny, tiny, tiny review is I fucking despised this game when it came out, but playing it with a friend is different, and I'm actually enjoying it. That's the only way I ever played it is with a friend. I never played it solo. I played it solo, and I fucking hated it. Hmm. Playing it solo is a fucking pain in the ass. The game's not designed for that. It's like totally non-conducive to play that way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Resident Evil Six, they fix that. You can play Resident Evil Six by yourself. <laughs> yes, but whether or not it's as good as Five is like debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, been watching YouTube videos just. And also been, you know, watching all the scare about the coronavirus because I'm intrigued by it. While while Andy calls. Andy still has it. (laughs) I like how that's a meme. Like, when everybody gets sick now, they just say they have coronavirus. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, before that, everyone always said, oh, I've got the bird flu. Oh, I've got SARS. Got Ebola. Uh, Yeah, Ebola was the last one, I think. mm -hmm. Other than that. I think we are ready to get into the La La Land, starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Um, the first thing I want to say is the first scene that happens, and they start singing. I was like, "Oh, this movie's gonna drag." Um, it's a musical. What did you expect? Oh man, I can't believe they're singing this stupid movie. <laughs> Fucking stupid musicals. They open with a musical number. <laughs> Uh, but after I got past that uh, highway scene where, you know, random people were just singing, because my whole thing is like, where's Ryan Gosling? Where's Emma Stone? And they were just in traffic. And uh, yeah, that's what you do in L.A. You be in traffic. Mm-hmm. And you have four roommates and you hate yourself. <laughs> I, I want to bring that up as well. When Emma Stone and the roommates and, uh, you know, they, they look like they're living uh, paycheck to paycheck, but then they go to these fucking clubs that look like, you know, you're paying $50 a drink. Oh, it's parties, isn't it? They're going to parties. Well, the, there was a club that they went to, the one that was like all fucking dark colored rooms and shit. I don't know. Yeah, they did do, They did go to a club the first time, and then they were going to parties every other time. Uh-huh. So... You have Emma Stone's character that's trying to be an act- actress, and then you have Ryan Gosling's character trying to first get his club for his jazz music, and um, you know, going from there, he he joins a a jazz uh, band that is more modern because he's more old. He likes old school jazz over new school. Um, I have to say, Ryan Gosling opened been, opened me up to jazz music. Good. And, uh, you know, I listened to some today just based off of uh, 
Spotify. I just right, typed in fucking jazz music and just random music came on. And, I, you know, the whole, you know, uh, they're all fighting each other with their solos and stuff. Like, you could tell it's what what Ryan Gosling was saying in that movie. That's what jazz music is all about. Yeah, jazz music whips ass. It's great. And I had to listen to some after I finished the movie. Actually, I put on some Herbie Hancock and listened to... Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of the album. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, this the colors in this movie was really awesome, especially the little cliffside that they kept on going to, where uh, I think it was like near one of the houses where they they danced and stuff. A lot of very bold and vibrant colors. Yes. Yeah, a lot of it in the wardrobe, too. I notice people keep wearing, like, primary collars and stuff. At the beginning of the movie, anyway. They get away from that later. Mm-hmm. What do you think of both Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone singing in this movie? I, It was okay, but not nothing, like, amazing. I don't it, know. It, it was actually... I mean, both of them are actually singing, right? I, I know it's a really dumb question, but I just want to make sure before I say anything stupid. I feel like... Ryan Gosling, yes, because uh, he has, like, I don't think, he had one song that he sang in, and, and it was the one I was singing before about the City of Stars. Well, kind of what I liked about the movie was um, not so much, you know, there's lots of musical, there's lots of musicals that lots of people were singing, but a lot of his parts, his pieces were him playing jazz music, mm-hmm. which which I love way more. Like, show tunes are great, don't get me wrong, but jazz music is awesome. I, I listen to jazz music all the time. Like, it's it's something I enjoy. It's something I've played, too. So, that that's what I enjoyed most from the movie, actually, is all the all the parts where jazz music is played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did check, and yes, they both did sing. I figured. I just I just wanted to be... You know how that kind of stuff goes. Yeah, so, sometimes they, they overdub somebody that can right. actually sing. It happens, yeah. yeah. I uh, I was surprised and extremely happy to see John Legend in this movie. That kicked ass. I yeah. thought that was him, yeah. Yeah, it's him. Like, at first, I was like, is it? And then he starts saying it. It's like, oh, it's fucking John Legend. <laughs> I like John Legend, too. The themes in this movie was like, follow your dreams and keep at it. And like, I, I liked Ryan Gosling's like uh, advice to I, I forgot their names, so I'm just gonna go by their actor's name. But telling Emma Stone's character, Mina and um, Seb. Sebastian, Seb. Seb, yeah, Sebastian or Seb, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, she's like, well, what, what if what, what if they think this? And he's like, fuck it, just do it. You know, go follow your dreams. And he didn't take his own advice. Like he went to uh, uh, Keith's band. That is more modernized, and they got big, and you know, touring and stuff. And she was still, you know, doing her play. Her what was it? The one woman play where she's the only yeah. actress. Yeah, it's funny though because yeah, he didn't really follow his own advice, but it seemed like he was better off in general. He still he like followed through later. You know, he he had the money now, so he did get his club. Mm-hmm. I just he seemed he seemed more content <laughs> after he started getting like. A gig and money, and it seemed like people were liking him. Yeah, it sucks, but I mean, you gotta feed yourself. Yeah, and when I was saying like the first song, I didn't really it, it, like the first scene in the song. I was like, ah, oh, let's get past this. But like the rest of the music in this film, I actually liked. I think every song that was sang, every you know music that was played, you know, I bobbed my head to it. You know, and there was you know some sad songs that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I really liked Emma Stone's where uh, she's doing the audition and she's talking about her aunt, which leads into a song. I thought that was pretty cool. And I really dig uh, some of the art that was done in this movie as well. Some of the sets that they have were, were artsy. Yeah, I, I read something about um, like 80% of this movie that was shot on location. I really dig that too. Also, uh, before I saw it, I was aware that this was one of the last, it's not the last, but it's one of the last movies to be completely shot on film to win an Oscar. It was like Inception was in 2010, and then this was whenever it came out, 2017 or 16 or something. 
Yeah, th- this was one of the movies where I got pissed. I was like, oh, La La Land, living, uh, winning all these fucking awards and shit. Like, who cares about musical? And now here I am in 2020, and I'm like, this movie is legit. Yeah, so you liked it. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's a really important part about, I don't want to say maturing, because that seems condescending, but uh, it's an important part of, like, expanding um who you are as a person like how you consume media and stuff like that like don't discount entire genres of stuff like it's possible to be like eh, i don't particularly care for musicals but i still feel like people are gonna like the best examples of musicals like this is actually a really good example like i didn't know much about it going into it when you chose it i was like well ryan gosling's in it i like him and that's literally all i knew that in the film thing um but it, it's important to be looking at you know oh the, well, next week we're gonna watch what is considered one of the best musicals and i really think it doesn't matter if you like musicals i really think you'll like that movie you know so i i, I don't know when people start realizing oh i don't hate all country music i don't hate all rap or something and they start looking at oh okay there's a few things i like there's some i don't i really respect their opinion tenfold more whenever i hear that from someone it's like when Ryan Gosling talks about how you don't actually hate jazz. Yeah, exactly. Like you just, just assumed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great example. What? I'm trying to think of something that I disliked or thought was kind of a low point of the movie. I can't think of anything besides the you know the beginning, <laughs> but that's just a personal preference. I didn't really care for that beginning either. I was like, immediately, I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I don't have any context for how this movie is going to be yet. It's a musical. It was going to start with a musical. Like, <clears throat> I didn't like love it, but I get it. Sure. It is kind of funny. Like, it's a funny premise. And I like the fact that all the cars are just like, who the fuck cares? Boring nonsense cars. Not, they're not like all fancy hot rods or anything for the sake of making the scene jazzy. It's just... Cars. You know, Hondas and Civics and Fords and who cares? Mm-hmm. I said Hondas and Civics. It was weird. Um, <laughs> one thing that is this movie supposed to take place when it came out? It's contemporary, right? Twenty six. Yeah, because she was on an iPhone and stuff and all that. Okay, yeah. Um, there are several things in this movie that would have been handled by people just owning a cell phone, and that bothered me. <laughs> like. This this the the casting woman is trying to get a hold of Mia, so she calls um, Seb's house phone, and no, no, then he can't that... just call her. He has to drive to where she is. Just why don't you people have phones? And even no. if it's not like a cell phone, like why didn't he just have her home number? Hey, hang on. He that was actually his cell phone, and she said in the call, I've been trying to call her, but her, her phone just keeps going to voicemail or something. She's not oh. picking up. But then how did she get his number? That's weird. Maybe it was like an alternate contact at her fucking work or some shit. I don't know. Cause they it's, were living together. It sounded like, and looked like a cordless phone to me, but maybe I, I just wasn't paying close enough attention. No, he, he picked up a cell phone. Uh, it looked he, like fucking Android or iPhone, whatever the fuck. Well, then he had a boring dumb ringer. Yeah, he had like a plain old ringer because he's an old soul. He likes the traditional jazz. He likes the regular telephone ring. That's something I really did like. His car is old. Is on the old stuff. Yeah, he's, and he, he has a tape like deck a, in it. Yeah, just like a real old car and stuff. But I like the fact that he's into old jazz and she's into old film kind of. Like she talks about it. I, I don't know. I like that. I like both those things. I like old film and I like old jazz. It, it kind of bleated in with the new modern times with the old times just how they you know shot the film because it had that uh and i'm familiar with you know singing in the rain like the theme of that i just haven't seen the movie it kind of has that template of in of that in this movie and mixed in with you know 2016 when it came out so i was like oh it's very like if they take away all the modern technology and you would think this was like a 1950s movie a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, another thing I want to talk about is the, uh, the audition is that when she finally got accepted, uh, because you know, one of the audition people went to her play and liked it. Was that the same people that like (laughs) 
literally when she started speaking in her in her audition, they like got uh, next, please. I wondered that too because the guy looked the same. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for a fact. Uh, no, because the the other one was like some blonde lady. Well, I'm talking the guy. The, the guy looked the same. Uh, maybe I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I I I. I guess this is where the La La Land comes into play near the end when uh, obviously they went their separate ways and she became an actress because he told her to go follow your dream. And I mean, don't, don't sell her short. I mean, she did all the work just because he told her to go. <laughs> oh, no, no. But he pushed her and said, yeah, because, yeah. you know, they obviously had feelings for each other and they could have stayed together, but then they would have never done their dreams. Maybe he would have because he eventually gets his club. But uh, when she sits down in the club and listening to him play the piano, I thought they were going to do some type of like swerve on me where it's like, oh, you know, this is what would have happened if they went their separate ways. But she was just daydreaming of what it could have been. Did I read that scene right? Um, mostly. I'm going to tell you how I read it because it's my favorite scene in the entire movie. It's the song that he's playing. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he starts playing, uh, obviously the, the, the dream sequence we'll call it is book ended by him sitting at the piano playing like that same, like really basic thing. And I think the song that he's playing is describing those things to her. It's like, stuff she remembers and like his feelings are coming through in the song and like he it's something he's doing on purpose like he's consciously thinking about her and the way things could have been and it's conveyed through his his playing that's how i interpreted it zach what about you that's pretty much what i thought too okay Yours sounds way more better than mine, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's what he's talking about, though. Is like you know, music is a way of communicating. There were there were people spoke six different languages in this place, and the only way they could communicate was through jazz. And that's that's what he's doing. He's communicating his his thoughts and his um, his wishes, and you know what could have been, and all. I'm a little melancholy, but also I'm not. Kind of stuff. This is the way it might have been, and it's also colored by like the way she interprets it, because it's stuff like when they leave the babysitter with their daughter, it's just, he's there instead of her husband. You know, so obviously it's like the way she's interpreting what he's saying through music. Yeah. And I really liked after the, you know, the dream sequence, uh, no words were spoken. Like, obviously she was like, what could have been like, you know, seeing him there. Cause it looked like he was sad when he was playing it. And then she, yeah you know, goes towards the door and then she does that one last look and they both lock eyes and the head nod. And I thought that was fucking perfect. Like, I see you, have a good life. And that's how I read it. Yeah, I was glad that there wasn't like, they have to talk, oh, this is my husband. Oh, okay. And stuff like that. The way they did it was a lot better. Yeah, because it's an understanding. We, We both achieved what we wanted. And without, you know, <laughs> cucking the other guy that he left the, you know, the husband that we don't know about too much. Uh, he seems like an okay guy. I like it that he's the one who hears the music and is like, hey, do you want to go in here? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, who, the, uh, Ryan Gosling's sister. I feel like I've seen her before in another movie. I don't know. I didn't recognize her. Terry Walters. You guys have anything else to say about this movie? Uh, Just one weird thing that I noticed. I didn't read this anywhere, but it had to be intentional. I think it's really funny that uh, the guy's band is like jazz, but they also have all this weird new age, oh, we're trying to evolve kind of things. Oh, Thelonious Monk was popular because he was like innovating. What are you going to innovate? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they call their band The Messengers, which you know, doesn't sound like anything. It's just the name of a band. The Messengers is a play on a super famous, arguably the most famous ever jazz band called the Jazz Messengers. They existed from like the 50s until the 90s. Like, oh, we're innovating. We're leaving old jazz behind. But also our name is an homage to the most famous jazz band ever. 
it's it's i don't know i laughed out loud i, I was like it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah oh and i really really fucking loved because uh whiplash which stars jk simmons which is uh, pretty much jazz music hey, he's in this, he? he is in this movie he's the restaurant guy who was like you need to just play my set list and not your you know pretty much stupid jazz music not your goddamn jazz yeah and uh i i really chuckled at one part where the dream sequence <laughs> yeah where he's like he, oh i'm angry y'all know i'm not upset <laughs> yeah I, I i fucking laughed that was cool Anyway, uh, any final words on this movie be- before we uh, move on? It's more Zach's turn than anything. Yeah, Zach, it's all it's all on you. Balls in your court. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know that I would ever see it again, but I—that's I, it, it. I don't really have anything else to say. I, I, uh, I, I think. Yeah. I think if I. If somebody's like, I'd never seen this movie, I think I'd sit down and watch it with them again. I guess, yeah. Like, yeah, I'd, I I'd watch it again. That'd be fine with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm guessing we're all recommending this film? Yeah, for sure. Sure, if you get like a wild hair up your ass to be like, I want to watch a random musical, that one's fine. How do you get a wild hair up your ass? You just do. I don't know. It's just an expression. It's a colloquialism. It's like when JR said to uh, Nyla Rose is the king of the hill. Kind of yeah, I mean, he didn't mean like, oh, you're King of the Hill, oh, because he used to be a man. He was just, hey, you're the, you're the fucking, you're the, you're the man. It's like, you know, the man. Like, you're the man now, dog. You're like, the man now, dog. Like Becky Lynch, the man. Yeah, see, she's just the man. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, make sure you watch Getting Some Color. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you guys uh, have noticed, we did change up our format. We. <laughs> Are gonna save the ranking until after we watch all our movies. And Andy, what is our next movie? Um, I did choose it before we before I watched this, but it's interesting how many um, thematic similarities there are between both that movie and this. Plus, behind the scenes similarities, I've begun to learn. Um, we're gonna watch Singing in the Rain, a movie that was put at the top of the list for AFI's. Um, greatest American musicals. Uh, I, I've seen it before, and I loved it, and I wanted an excuse to watch it again. And I thought about choosing something I'd never seen before, but goddamn it, this movie's just good. It's really good, so we're gonna watch it. Yes. All right, guys. So we're gonna get into some news that matter to us. Um, is that uh, I'll I'll do the first uh news. So, dog. What Sorry. Up, what up, dog? Uh, anyway, uh, we talked about last episode how Sony's been really, really quiet with their uh, console about revealing anything. Revealing specs, revealing price, re- revealing when they're going to announce it. And Xbox has been really, really vocal. And uh, they did a, a series of tweets where they're just like, hey... Guys, you ready for the new uh, Xbox Series X? Well, here's a custom-built SSD, quick resume for multiple games, dynamic latency input, HDMI 2.0, a uh, 2.1. I'm sorry, auto low latency mode, variable refresh rate, 120 frames per second support. Which I wonder what games is going to be that. Uh, and Zach, I don't know if you want to bring it up right now. Uh, what is going to be backwards compat with Xbox? All of them. All of the Xbox games are backwards compatible, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what they tweeted. Xbox Series X brings the next generation of compatibility. Plays, uh, play thousands of games across four generations that look and feel better than ever. Smart delivery guarantees you're playing the best version of your game uh, for your Xbox. So I think that's that's great because like it just seemed like continually since like after PS2 basically like companies were like caring less and less about backwards compatibility. They're like yeah. getting away from it more and more. Mm-hmm. I always felt like the only one that was even like putting a show in of it anymore was Microsoft. But yeah, this is great. Like this this alone made me say, "Oh, maybe I should get a sex box." <laughs> And of course, they had uh, you know more saying like 
custom RDNA uh, 2 and Zen 2 processor with 12 teraflops because they look You're reading this off something. Yeah, the, the tweets. <laughs> I mean, it's come on. Does this mean anything to anyone? It's going to be a powerful box and it's going to play video games. Mm -hmm. I think what really brings it out with me is the SSD, the, yes. the 120 uh, frames per second, the 12 teraflops because the more the teraflops the more powerful it is and uh back to the bit wars and then obviously the flop wars and uh, <laughs> and obviously the backwards compatibility uh is selling me so far on xbox which i think sony will do and i think andy you were right where they're they might be going back to the drawing board just to see if they could put backwards compatibility because Tell you the truth, I don't think Sony was even thinking that. I, I hope, I hope so. I hope that they they do similarly because my uh, Microsoft gets to be like, oh, four generations, thousands of games. And Sony's going to be like, what about five generations, bitch? Mic drop, you know, something like that. Well, Cyberpunk, uh, CD Projekt Red, they went on Twitter and said, "Hey, uh, because of Xbox bringing out these news." If you buy Cyberpunk uh, on Xbox One, uh, there will be a free upgrade for Xbox One Series X when they have like the upscaled version for that well, system. So you don't have to buy the game twice. So, I mean, these systems are starting to get... Well, Xbox so far is really consumer-friendly, and I really like that about Xbox so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't really considered wanting an Xbox, but a combination of the solid-state drive and especially backwards compatibility, now I'm kind of, you know, I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But no exclusives. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Xbox has pretty much said, we suck at this, but guess what? We got backwards compatibility. <laughs> they, they, got, they got hardware out the ass. They got software, software none at all. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe uh, systems will be like, hey, this is pretty cool. But then I guess you got to think it this way. A lot of greedy uh, publishers like EA and Activision, they're going to be like, wait, wait. So they can't buy the game. We're not going to make the consumer buy the game twice and get more money. This is bullshit. We're going to go with Sony. I think uh, I think Microsoft needs to throw money at some publishers and developers for like second party exclusive nonsense i like sega would do that i feel like and they did with the 360 or you know anyone else but they need to like if they aren't making exclusive games they need to be going to other companies and saying we need some exclusive games here's a bunch of money uh, how about a bayonetta spinoff you bitch you know something like that know. Mm -hmm. who knows but uh eh. I've also heard that April is when they're going to fully reveal the Xbox. I think that's what they're aiming for. April 1st, right? No, hopefully not. <laughs> That'd be April Fool's Day. Uh, Zach, what what news do you have? Uh, Bob Iger stepped down as CEO of Disney today. Did they have any news besides him stepping down? Uh... <clears throat> Not, I mean, they named his replacement, who was some other Bob guy, and he was apparently uh, head of, like, the Disney World, like, attractions and theme stuff park like that. Yeah, the theme park and all that, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Iger said he wanted to get into more creative roles, and he is still at Disney until 2021. He's now their chief, oh, I wish I had it in front of me, chief something officer, executive officer, I don't know. He's doing something. Yeah, that's basically what he said. He's like, I want to do more creative stuff. Although he also kind of said this business stuff's getting crazy because we acquired Fox now. <laughs> like he said that before he said, I want to do more creative things. Yeah, that's crazy that Disney has Simpsons now. That's weird. Uh, it's not not just the Simpsons. I know. Yeah. I uh, I was gonna. I, I'm sorry. This is complete left turn off of uh, Zach's story here. Part of the reason I watched In the Heat of Night and Buck uh, and the Preacher the other night was I watched a YouTube video from Browse Held High 
it's it's gonna sound hoity-toity of me, but it's not actually available yet. I'm a Patreon, and he posted it for Patreons first. It's just like a rough cut. But anyway, part of it, he's talking about Disney in it, and how like he does a better job of explaining it than me. So when the video comes out, you know, watch it. It's really good. But uh, Disney has a certain way of of doing things. Like you know, escapism isn't the right word, but there's something that someone at Disney said. That does a better job of um, no, not like that. It's just like when you watch the movies, you, you feel you feel good, you feel happy. Mm. Like a big part of the video, well, I mean the the topic of the video is um, Sergei Eisenstein, um, a pioneer of film in the Soviet Union, a pioneer of film the world over. Don't get me wrong, but he was from the Soviet Union and he was working on a book about Disney. And you would think, oh, a Soviet writing about Disney, it's all bad, right? It wasn't. Like he loved Disney and he like met Walt Disney and did a bunch of other stuff and came to the States and was talking to him about doing a movie deal with someone in Hollywood. And then Stalin uh, called him home because he didn't want that to happen. But uh, it's it's all about how, you know, Disney, it makes you feel good and stuff like that. And um after that i was like i'm gonna watch something that's not disney because i keep watching disney plus instead of watching criterion channel which is a, a joke that he straight up uses to close this video and um i forgot i forgot the direction i was trying to take that but uh <laughs> um but yeah like oh man what was i i can't remember what my point was gonna be i'm so sorry i had a drink before we started recording the coronavirus man yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> but um, oh, Fox. But now, and he makes this point in the video: Disney owns all these Fox movies that do not fit into the Disney way of thinking whatsoever. And whenever I heard people say that, I was kind of discounted it because oh, they want to make money. Why wouldn't they? But it's a bunch of movies that aren't escapist at all. They're all movies that are like heavily. Um, criticizing like politics or um or war uh, they're all serious uh, uh horror movies stuff like that and so much of the stuff from fox that disney hasn't announced any plans to do anything with so that that it, i don't know it, it's really stuck in my head the last three days i've been thinking about that a lot i really want to know especially in light of this new ceo i really want to know what's going to happen to all this fox uh back backlog because i think we talked about this on the show but movie theaters who show old movies um you know as a special oh come see ghostbusters on halloween that kind of thing um they can't get access to fox movies right now like disney won't even allow those movies to be publicly screened and at first it looked like it was a temporary thing but a lot of time has gone by and they still can't like disney just obviously you can still go buy a blu-ray of of alien or whatever but that's it it's not it's not on disney plus obviously but you can't see it you can't screen it publicly and that's that's weird why is disney being like that they have all these excellent movies why is it just the simpsons that made it onto disney plus mm-hmm. um a big part of the reason people hypothesize this probably isn't true people have wondered if maybe a big part of the reason disney wanted to buy fox is because it gave them a bigger say in distribution this is getting really deep into some stuff I don't know a ton about, but in early Hollywood, the government or yeah, the government took most of Hollywood to court over a monopoly because Hollywood controlled distribution like from the top to the bottom, and they were able to like, set their own prices and they could like gouge and they controlled parts of the country based on this. It was a monopoly. So the government stepped in and said, you can't do this, you know, because we're the government, we make the law. So now um, distribution is split amongst mostly six companies, but now it's five because Disney bought Fox. So Disney has even more power. There's only five companies deciding the way that distribution and stuff like that happens, which is already super unfair, by the way. Like the government did that and it was fair for like maybe a decade and now it's really shitty again and it gets worse every year. It was, um, I'm trying to remember, Sony, Universal, Fox, Disney, who am I missing? Oh, MGM, maybe, and someone, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers. Yeah. And now uh, there's no Fox. It's just uh, Disney has 
not really twice as much say, but it's still, it's really concerning because it's starting to look more and more like Disney has not just, um, not just like a, a, a monopoly in the traditional sense, but they're starting to have like a cultural monopoly. I, I'm sorry, I got way off in the weeds on all this, but like I said, it's been on my mind a lot lately. No, it's it's interesting because you said you know they got they got Fox who has a lot of politics and war, and based off of social media and what has been said in the PR team for Disney has been very very political, so that might have changed as far as their culture uh, of and and stuff what they do with the company because you know in the nineties and even early two thousands like. When you think of a Disney movie, you think of happiness, and now it's like you go, you, you think of a Disney movie, and then just like, oh, you know, Frozen has this, you know, lesbian sister or whatever, and I'm like, well, who cares? Like, why do we need to have identity politics in, in kid movies? Just have a fun, loving story. It depends on what the creator wants, what's, what's their... What's their dumb, dumb message, vision, whatever. Yeah, but that goes back to Parasite, which is not a Disney movie. <laughs> like, Clearly. But, like, he explains, like, the you know, the rich versus the poor within a good written film that you don't even think about, like, uh, the rich and the poor. You think about, wow, these, these, con, these uh, con artists who are poor are infiltrating this rich family yeah the, a big part of the message in that movie is who is the parasite and like there's an obvious answer but then when you start really thinking about the movie you're like oh wait and you know mm. uh, a Disney movie wouldn't do that and and i and i get it you know if the creator wants to do a message he's allowed to do that it's just that the, the pr Look at look look at Captain Marvel. I mean, I think that movie would have done great if they didn't push in PR that you know men are fucking garbage and you know women are powerful and uh, if you don't like it, don't watch our movie. Kind of bullshit. And look what happened. People didn't watch their movie. Same yeah. same thing happened to Birds of Prey. They they preached about the same PR and look what happened. Nobody went to their movie. But and a lot of people went to go see. Um, Captain Marvel made a bunch of money. A lot of people went and saw it. Yeah, I thought it was like super popular. Well, it, now it the reaction, the crit, the critical and you know uh, user reaction, whatever you want to call it, regular people reaction was bad. <laughs> now, what I was, mean, or, or mixed, I should say. When I mean oh. people didn't go see it, is I mean they didn't hit their mark. Like look at Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Remember, they they're like, oh, our threshold of people going to see it is supposed to be in like the uh high millions early billions or something like that and then all they made was like what i believe half of uh not half a million i want to say at least i need to look this up now this is bothering me star it, it was a lot but not what they were looking for. It's kind of like with Battlefield Battlefield Five, when they had like, well, if you don't like it, get educated, motherfuckers. And then like, they didn't hit their mark of what they wanted to sell. Anyway, it's starting to sound like a lot of um, a lot of the big time video game people though. Is they're always saying. Oh, oh, wow, this game sold 7 million copies. Oh, it's a failure. We're Square Enix, and we don't know what numbers mean anymore. It has, it has to be Call of Duty, or it's it's garbage. Yeah. I mean, I'm just based off, based off of what the, you know, the, the business people, where they want to put, you know, people in seats or people on the controller, but then they just fucking shit on the, the customers. It's like, don't you want to sell to everybody? Anyway, Zach, do you have any more news? Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I got here? The the Xbox thing kind of went into what you were saying. Um, oh, yeah. Warcraft 3 Reforged continues to be, like, really embarrassing. <laughs> did you buy uh, it? I did buy it. And, like, 
I played it for a couple hours, and then I was starting to remember, like, hang on, this isn't like what they said it was going to be like, and this isn't this, this isn't that, and I'm getting a bunch of bugs and glitches that did not exist in the original game. Uh, and then I kind of stopped playing it, and then I was like... I started hearing about everything that was going on, which was like, they were flat out. They were like banning people from their forums that were trying to tell people how they could get refunds and shit, which is like really shitty. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, after I heard about that, I was like, I want a refund. I found out how to, how to get it. And I got it. They did give me my money back. Oh, good. Nice. And, um, it still doesn't change the fact that they tried to silence people that were trying to like tell people how that didn't know how to do it. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. I, um, I guess that's why they got that guy to replace so that maybe he'll fix it. Rod something. What are you talking about? The Blizzard guy, the new Blizzard guy. You mean the new CEO? Yeah. The guy with the hair? Uh, I mean, if you're talking about the guy that replaced Mike Morhaime, that was a while ago. His name is uh, Rod something. Hold on. Should have this news. You can keep going. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, like they said, oh, we're going to fix it. This is going to be a long-term thing. I don't really think it'll end up like how people want it to be, which is like what the trailer showed and everything. Mm-hmm. What, what they showed it at BlizzCon like two years ago, basically. Um, but there was a competitive event like a like a tournament it was called dream hack or something and there was like a like the top warcraft 3 po- uh, korean player his name was like moon i think was going up against like a, a an american player or something like that and uh they were playing a land game and it kept disconnecting like the, the American player kept getting disconnected. He, uh, he got disconnected twice when he had, he was like in an advantageous position to win. And it basically caused them to have to like start the whole thing over. And huh. they, they had, they had to play like in classic mode. So it would quit doing that. <laughs> and the guy lost, he ended up losing because, well, you play two whole, basically like two, three quarter length games against somebody. And you can kind of figure out what their strategies are. Yeah. That's kind of fucked, and that guy ended up losing when he probably would have won. That's super fucked. It's so, like, on a, like a, kind of a big, you know, stage, uh, like, I I don't know the number of viewers they got or anything, but it's a lot. Uh, their game is fucking embarrassing. (laughs) And it's, they're, they're silent. They're just totally quiet about it again. I think they should. And, and I know they're probably never going to do this, but just make it free, free upgrade at at this point. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. There's people saying that they should pay that other guy a fucking pot winner's pot too because they kind of screwed him. Mm-hmm. Like I don't that'll never happen, but like, uh, I think they just need to communicate with everybody. That's been the biggest problem is they just they they stay so mum about everything. Or when like, they, there was, like, a, a super delayed response to, like, what happened originally. It's like they didn't say anything for almost a week. Or when they do communicate, they fucking just, they bomb it really well. <laughs> like, bad. Yeah, they put, their, they put their foot in their mouth or say something, like, really stupid to piss people off. Mm-hmm. Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> fucking shit like that. Like, I love that one. Like, it's funny, but it's also, like, really stupid. Like... I don't know. Um, I I gotta be honest. Like a lot, a lot of the stuff that's going on with this game and everything, and how like they've been acting, it's it's made me really get down on Blizzard. Uh, they they used to be one of my favorite companies. I love them, and like now I don't even know if I can like buy Diablo Four. Like with as much shit that's been going on. Well, that's another thing. Like the whole, you know, do you have? guys don't have phones and stuff like their focus was making it a mobile game and then what a year or two later they fucking uh have diablo 4 coming yeah i yeah that was like a year later i think (laughs) (laughs) that they announced that and then you have this you know warcraft 3 reforged that is just shit 
I I feel like Diablo Four is gonna be shit. Like it's it's just gonna be a bad working game. <laughs> it's it's troublesome. And what's what sucks is like we still don't really know what happened. Like what the story was with that. Mm-hmm. And we might not for a while. But like to me, like uh, I kind of feel like what happened was is it was like an investor thing. Like oh the quarter's about then. We better hurry up and shove this thing out. Like. I kind of feel like that might have been what happened, possibly. Yeah, but why? Like, I don't know. Like, fucking game companies do that shit a lot now. A lot of these bigger, bigger publishers and everything. It's an old game. I know, but like, like to me, it's like a prioritization thing. They might have allocated resources towards other games and like had like a really small staff for that one. See, I and I, I remember hearing rumblings of that actually. But see, I could see if, like, a new Warcraft was coming out, not the MMO, but, like, the real-time strategy. Yeah. Like, if, like, a new one was coming out, and they're like, all right, we need to push out this 3 Reforge so that we could hype up the new, new game. But there's not even that. Like, they could have t- took their time, but then that just probably allocating a lot of the workers to go work on Diablo 4 is what I'm thinking, maybe. I- I'm thinking that that happened, and there's probably still people working on, like, WoW, and uh overwatch yeah overwatch 2 and i heard something else i found out was uh last year like shortly after shortly in the beginning of 2019 or something like blizzard cut like 800 jobs after having like a really good 2018 they they cut like 800 people mm-hmm. and then like i i come to find out a good chunk of those people were part of the competitive division in blizzard like the people that were over that stuff the esports yeah. And now that stuff's taking a dive. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, because if they make political stance like that one kid with the Hong Kong, like, that damaged him, like, terribly in the PR division. Yeah, they're kind of... they're it's It sucks, but they kind of... they're They put themselves in that position in a way because they're like, oh, you know, they got a lot of stake in China for mm. business. So now they have to be like, well, what do we, how do we navigate this? <laughs> it's just, it sucks, but they, I don't know. That's one of those weird, weirdo positions where it does I don't think it mattered what they would have said. They would have pissed somebody off. Well, the thing is like, I don't know if you were here when that happened or you, you discussed it, but like, yeah, I get it that he probably broke one of their rules about, you know, speaking politics during a tournament. Yeah. But, like, not be like, well, fuck you. you. We're taking your prize money as well. That was fucked. That was a bit fucked. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken his prize money. That that was going a bit too far. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I if that's in the TOS about, like, you shouldn't. Do, and you shouldn't. I don't really think you should be doing that in a, a fucking a video game event anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. I don't like what happened anyway. Just period. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I don't really know how else to end that topic. But what about Resident Evil? Oh, yeah. Um, some new screenshots have leaked and some new gameplays leaked. And then Ca- uh, Capcom officially said, hey, we're going to put out a demo soon. So my guess is sometime next month the demo is going to drop. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I don't know when. I, I feel like they're not going to wait till like, the week before. It'll probably be sometime in, maybe within the second week of March, that'd be my guess. And I, March is going to be crazy time for gaming. I know, yeah. Like, spring's going to be nuts. Spring is packed full of games. We got Animal Crossing, we have Doom, and we mm-hmm. have fucking Resident Evil 3. And then, I, 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 I think Final over, F- Oh, go sorry. ahead. I can't get over how great all the Animal Crossing slash Doom stuff has been, like, on Reddit and stuff. They come out on the same day, right? Right. So there's been, like, a ton of, like, art and stuff of the two things together, like the Doom Slayer buying Animal Crossing and, um, like, it's the Doom Slayer, but it's Isabelle under the helmet and, like, all kinds of just, like, hilarious stuff. And you'd expect, like, the way gamers are to be, like, real shitty and combative about it, everyone loves it. Everyone is on board about how hilarious this is. Because it's the duality of man in one day. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, like, and then I think they bumped Final Fantasy down to April as well, right? Yeah. 
Like it's, I think it's like the third week of April or something. It's gonna come out. So yeah, it was March third, cowards. Yeah, and then I think Cyberpunk also was. Is that June or something? It got pushed to like September or something. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, never mind. Then Last of Us, I think, is what's next after all that. Yes, I am. The Last of Us is coming out in May, and I already have my collector's edition uh, pre-ordered. Uh, what's in the collector's edition? I got the there's like Fungus. there's like three different versions. <laughs> I got the Ellie one where she's playing the gu- guitar. There's three different versions of the collector's edition. I believe so. Yes. Man, fuck video game companies. <laughs> <laughs> they all think they're Ubisoft now. Oh god, I can't believe I bought that Ghost Recon Wildlands is better than Breakpoint. Um, but anyway, the, the Resident Evil Three demo. Here's what I want to happen. I want them to tease Nemesis. I don't even want Nemesis in a demo. My my guess is that demo would end right when he's gonna attack you. Mm-hmm. Like like it would be like he'd like bust some shit stars, ugh, and he's like gonna punch you in the face or some bullshit and just stop. <laughs> That's what I would do. I I've been watching videos and I do like the uh, dodge system that they have, uh, and also I noticed when you do a dodge perfectly it does slow-mo so you could shoot nemesis oh that's cool i didn't i didn't see that like i think some new gameplay footage dropped i haven't been able to check it out yet but like from what i saw the dodging before it kind of reminded me of like what it was like in revelations but hey if they added some extra little bits to it that's cool Mm -hmm. all right any other news no that's it andy do you have any uh thing you want to talk about um, this is only good if you're listening to it live, but the, the flash sale is on for Criterion.com. There you go, movie lovers. Sweet. All right, guys. I think we will end this episode. Remember, uh, fuck, I almost fucked it up. Singing in the Rain is next week's movie. Make sure you watch it and come back. And, uh, oh, I didn't even say my news. Holy shit. Disney Plus. What is coming out? I'm not, I'm not even going to, like, list it. I just want to see... A wrinkle, a wrinkle in time. Star Wars: The Clone Wars episode seven oh six is going to be yeah. a uh, Big Hero six. The series. Oh, series. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars. I already said that. Marvel's Hero Project, whatever that is. Oh wow, there's a lot of kid shit. Ice Age, Black Panther. It's kid shit on Disney Plus. What the hell? I thought it was just for nerds like me. Oh, I'm gonna have to wipe all the Dorito crumbs off my belly and go write an angry tweet. What? <laughs> I ain't gonna do that, but I'm just gonna say there's a lot of kid shit on here. Kid shit. All right. Well, that that that's the news. But if you want to catch more of Big Trouble Little Podcast, make sure you go to nrvnetwork.podbean.com. We'd also have a website, nerdreview.com. We're also on iTunes and Spotify. If you search Nerd Review Network, we're there. And uh, we got some getting some color, which this Saturday, I think, are we still, are we doing the uh, live reaction review? Yeah, well, that's what we'll do. Okay, so we're going to be watching AEW Revolution on Saturday. We're going to do a live review. As we're watching it, we're going to be commenting, and I guess we'll give a re- review score and maybe like a final word at the end of what we thought. Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, me and Zach have started playing Resident Evil 5, so hopefully soon when we finish that game, we will have a podcast to talk about that. And uh, hopefully some good news, good news on guests that I've been emailing. So keep an eye out on that as well. We're finally getting Elon Musk on. Oh, shit. He's going to smoke weed and talk about his next MMA fight. (laughs) Smoke weed every day. All right. Guys, have a good night. Later. Thanks for listening.